0: a lot of news this week and so we started yesterday or maybe even monday hitting the highest uh interest rates that we've seen since i believe 2008 was the number that i read uh, peaking above six percent uh for most well-qualified home buyers out there and then we had the fed come out today and 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 last week so let's talk about last last week we got you know super high inflation reading higher than they thought it was going to be and so people started thinking that maybe maybe the Fed would actually come out and get a little bit more aggressive on, on the Fed funds hike, right? So they were kind of already had 50 basis points pretty much guaranteed in. Um, and people as of yesterday started 100% uh, believe that the Fed would would hike it 75 basis points. I actually had some reservation whether or not they had the balls, if you will, to actually pull through and do it. Um, I I wasn't sure. I'm glad they actually did come out and do it. and And when they did, the market did exactly what what we wanted to see, which was the market did nothing. Um, you know, the the ten year the yields actually dropped a little bit, which was which was a good thing. Showed some positivity in in that market. The stock market um, continued to kind of keep track with where it was um, prior to them talking. But these are positive signs for 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 the economy, if you will. Now some people believe they should have come out and done, done, you know, a point hike or what have you, but that's neither here nor there. The fact is they didn't Um, they left room on the table and, and even Jerome Powell came out and and talked a little bit about home buyers. Did you see that part, Matt?
1: Um, I didn't see that specific, man. He talked for like almost an hour today. I feel like I caught like, you know, five minutes here, seven minutes there, 10 minutes there. You know, I, I was, I was busy playing defense, Um, all all, all the questions I got from, from 120 pre-approved buyers, but um, caught a little bit of it. What did did he say about home buying specifically?
0: Well, I'm going to put something up here and then we're going to look at it. Um, So what does he say? Give me one second to pull this down, guys. This is, it's in an email. So I got to.
1: Yeah. while you look that up. I was just going to say anybody who missed the last week of excitement, um, like Jeb said, the the inflation number that came out last week of 8.6% was higher than last reading of 8.3%. And so, you know, the market got spooked a little bit. And, you know, for mortgage rates, which is people, you know, the question they want to know from Matt, the mortgage guy, um, you know, saw a dramatic increase. Last Friday was an ugly day. This Monday was even uglier. Like we saw mortgage rates go from, you know, 5.55. If you follow Mortgage News Daily, it's kind of a national average to 6.28%. So, um, you know, three quarters percent increase from, say, last Thursday to the end of the day Monday. Um, And with today's Fed meeting, where the Fed came out and announced, it's totally different. So I want people to understand that, right? The Fed funds rate is going to be increased by 0.75%. Them coming out swinging hard. I think you know was was something that was really well received because they said, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna you know do whatever it takes uh, okay. to come out and stabilize the economy, to to get inflation under control and things like that." And so um, we saw we saw actually a a good reaction from from mortgage interest rates today, about like 122 basis points better.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, the thing is, the Fed doesn't have an easy solution at this point, right? Had they done this a year ago, we'd be in a different position now, um, in, in many ways. But the fact is, they didn't do it. They waited way too long, and now their backs are against the wall, and we've got inflation readings that are crazy high, and and um, and they've got to basically come in, and and I mean, their number one job as the Fed is to is is for an employment and inflation, right? And employment the numbers look pretty good. So their, their job at this point is to deal with, to deal with inflation. Now um, you know, part of Jerome Powell coming out. So this, this email, I get it, It's part of a newsletter from calculated risk. I don't know if you read any of the stuff from there uh, but not getting into that per se, but just goes on to say that, you know, he, he basically says um, I'd say if you're a home buyer, somebody or a young person looking to buy a home you need a bit of a reset. We need to get back to a place where supply and demand are back together and where inflation is down low again and mortgage rates are low again. This will be a process whereby ideally we do our work in a way where the housing market settles in a new place and housing and credit availability are at appropriate levels. So... You know, I'm getting people emailing me and asking me questions. What does he mean by this? You know, whatever. I, it's, it's hard to say exactly what, what he meant directly by that. Um, but what I can tell you is that the housing market's already starting to settle into almost a new market, um, if you will. This is not the market, guys, that we were in four months ago, five months ago, a year ago. It's a completely different market and you know I mentioned this in a video recently Matt is that people have very very short memories and, and sometimes that's a good thing. Short memories are a good thing because when something bad happens you can move on and and you know forget about it and it, like it never happened. but occasionally you need to be able to go back to those to, to remember what was normal. what was a normal market you know what did the housing market look like prior to 2020? And, and even being, you know, an agent that, that's been in the business a long time, you, 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 forget, you forget that, you know, what a normal market looks like. And buyers out there, a lot of the buyers have no idea because they weren't, they weren't even thinking of home buying then. And so unless you were actively involved or what have you, you don't remember that time. And so what I, what I, you know, people now see homes sitting on the market a little bit longer. They see price adjustments happening. And all of a sudden, it's the end of the world. No, it's, you've got to have these things happen to get back to more normal, some, you know, more stabilization in the market. And the same can be said for interest rates. I mean, you know, nobody remembers a time. I remember a time when interest rates were at five and 6%, but a lot of home buyers out there don't. And it's just, we're getting, you know, we're readjusting back to whatever that, that norm is going to be. Now that doesn't mean homes aren't going to sell. It doesn't mean that homes aren't necessarily going to appreciate in some markets. It just means that they're not going to do what they've been doing the last couple of years. And that's okay. As a home buyer or as a home buyer, it's okay if the market doesn't do what it's been doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, and I would say too, from, from a buyer's perspective, this is good news. This is what you want. You don't want to go against 15, 20 offers for, for home buyers in 2020 and 2021, it wasn't fun. You know, for, for for real estate brokers and for, for mortgage brokers like myself, having 15 or 20 people make an offer over the weekend and only have two of them get accepted. Um, you know, I've got 18 disappoint, disappointed clients on Monday morning and then we're back at it again and they're submitting offers the next weekend. And so um, to get in a market that's, that's more normal where you have a shot, you're only going up against two other offers. It might be on the market for three weeks so you have a chance to maybe even view it right before you submit an offer all these things are good things good news and something that i was talking to somebody about today um that that i reminded them was you know as we settle into this new market a normal market um you know where things flatten out me and you could make all the guesses we want we don't know whether we're going to see five percent year on your home price appreciation for 2022, you know, 2023, if it's going to be zero, if it's going to be negative five, whatever the case may be, you know, if, if you buy a home and you're able to qualify and, and buy it at a 6.5% interest rates, if you get it for 550 and then you can refinance it into a four and a half percent, 12 months from now, or 24 months from now, that's a win. Right. And, and when money was 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 free, when it was 2.75 percent and everyone was bidding 50,000 above ask, 75,000 above ask, you can't go back and renegotiate that principal balance like that's that's set. Right. The, the purchase price is set, um, but the, the mortgage is not necessarily set. You can always refinance that. So I think, you know, the fact that we're going to go up in interest rate but not see so much price appreciation is something that buyers should view as a good thing. Right, no, because they're not going to have to pay a hundred thousand more next year. They might pay a higher interest rate, but that's something that that you know might be uh, an opportunity for a refinance later. And so, um, you know, buyers right now that are looking at it through a lens of like, oh man, I only qualify for five fifty. I could have qualified for six fifty had rates stayed at four point five percent. Okay, well, you're just going to have to like recalibrate. Maybe some stuff that's on the market for
0: you know six fifty becomes. 600 or exactly 25 or whatever.
1: I, yeah. Yeah. No, then agreed. You buy that. And so, you know, I'm, I'm excited for buyers. And I, I think that, you know, this is a, a welcome shift to the market. Uh, like you said, it's, it's a drastically different market. Those who are really paying attention, really have a finger on the pulse um, can feel it happening. There's going to be some, you know, disappointed sellers that think that they can, you know, list at any price in any condition, and, and and have it fly off the shelf but um i'm I, I for one am excited about the the future of the market especially for first-time home buyers who have really had a tough time over the last couple of years
0: no good stuff i mean you made you you said something there that that made me think uh matt and that's you know there's a lot of smart people out there that believe interest rates at some point in the next couple of years are probably going to come back down again. Now, what does that mean that, you know, we're not going to go here out on a limb and, and take any guesses, but you know, Barry Habib, I think we both follow Barry, obviously very smart guy, been, you know, probably the King of, of with interest rates and mortgage backed securities probably knows them better than anyone else thinks there's an opportunity for interest rates to come down in the future. Now I wouldn't be buying a house banking on that, um, that you're going to be able to refinance, but if if it if there's an opportunity there at some point in the future, that's a good thing. I mean, in fact, that you know the Fed, there's surveys out there that that um, have percentages on what the Fed you know where the Fed funds rate will be at a certain you know point in the future, and um, I think at the moment I don't remember the exact month of of next year, but they're already predicting uh, a Fed funds rate cut at some point in the future. So they're already building in cuts because the fed is likely going to go too far, put the brakes on the economy. There's a really good chance we go into recession. Who knows if that actually happens or not. You know, some people believe we're already in one regardless of that. Uh, But at some point, you know, the brakes are likely to come on um, from the fed at which point, you know, all of this runoff on the balance sheet probably stops um and and possibly even they start to buy again but that's a whole different you know scenario so or 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 forecast or whatever however you want to look at it but the reality is you know if you can buy a house now afford the payments and you're looking long term it's i personally think home prices are going to continue to rise now they're not going to continue to rise at the pace that they've risen but again, I think I'm okay with that. I mean, I, as a real estate agent, I've been talking about that for some period of time. It's okay not to have the same appreciation that we have and get back to more normal times.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and to your point too, I don't know what I was listening to today, but but it was along those same lines is like the Fed is showing us the U-turn, right? They've, they've got they've got something projected by, by the end of the year, 3.4% or somewhere in that range for the Fed funds rate. And then lower than that, the end of 2023. And so, you know, I think that they've, you know, with this 0.75% rate hike today, shown like, hey, listen, we are going to do whatever it takes to rein in inflation, even if that means going too far. And a lot of people think they will. And a lot of people are OK with that. Like, go too far, rein in inflation, because it's a big, big problem. And then once you do that, you can throttle back. And with that throttle back, you know, the, the amount of quantitative tightening that's going on right now that's that's pushing interest rates up. They're going to do some easing. That's going to pull interest rates back down. Uh, And, and you're right. Like there's crystal ball awards and all kinds of stuff that Barry Habib has won, you know, has way more credentials than, than Matt, the mortgage guy.
0: Uh, What? (laughs) Dude, if I'd known that I would have got him, not you, bro.
1: God, Barry wasn't available tonight. So you guys got the backup. Uh, And, and so, yeah, the, it's 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 a great point and something for people to look at. Like you said, don't bank on that. Don't bank on interest rates being lower, but we're going to qualify you just the same today. You're going to get into a 30 year fixed rate payment that you can afford. And if it does get lower in the future, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a positive. You can lower your interest rate, but if not, you know, you're going to, you're going to qualify for a payment you can afford. And I think that like the number one question, I saw this somewhere today uh, on everyone's mind is, Like, should I buy now? Should I wait? To your point, we're going to see like home price appreciation slow down because it has to, it can't be 20% every year, but like over time, real estate appreciates, right? So like time in the market beats timing the market. I've had so many conversations over the last week where I just remind people, like you tell me when you're ready to buy a house, it has, it has less to do with interest rates, With the real estate market with all the other stuff and more to do with the individual. Is your credit in line? Are you financially stable? Is your job secure? Are you personally ready
0: and in a position to buy a house? That's not as much fun to talk about, man. That's not I know. I know. Imagine trying to get a bunch of clicks talking about (laughs) rational stuff like that. Wow. (laughs) Where where are you going with this? Are you trying to lose my audience here, bro? They don't know what to do right now.
1: The sky is falling, everything's crashing. Oh,
0: you came back to normal. (laughs) You came back to normal. Um, So no, a serious question. So um, each week I uh, update uh, you guys on what's happening here locally in my market. So Orange County, as of today, just under 3,100 active homes on the market. Started the year just under 1,000. So we're up 200% or so since the beginning of the year. Um, Here in Huntington Beach, we sit at 204 as I came on the show. Again, we started the, the beginning of the year at like 60 or 70. I forget what the number was, but super, super low. Right? Inventory's up considerably. There are still houses selling, believe it or not. Um, we're seeing more price reductions. Uh, you know, there's a recent stat that I read that 25%. So one in one in four homes on the market is has some sort of price reduction, price improvement. Uh, the price coming down, but I read an article. Um, it was actually here in Orange County Register, uh, Matt, that said that Sacramento, Sacramento had a 55 percent increase in in the number of available homes for sale last month. And so, to me, I I read the headline and I think, man, ooh, okay, big yeah. deal, like 55, whatever. But what what are you actually seeing in your market? Like, are you? I mean, obviously more inventory, but. I mean, things are, are slowing down, but are things still moving or is it is it as, um, you know, yeah, things as are bleak moving, as the headline, if you will? Things are
1: moving crazy fast um, still, right? And so, like, you know, me and you know how when you start at such a low number and you talk about, you know, foreclosure numbers increasing, it's like, oh, yeah, you got a baseline of nothing One. because there's, there's moratoriums in place. You know, the same thing's true is – You know, when I looked at at our buddy Ryan Lundquist's stats for Sacramento and saw April to May increase of 0.8 months of inventory to 1.15. 1.15 months of inventory, if you look at it by itself, is is very little inventory. But it's a 43% increase from the 0.8% we saw in April. Um, And so the stat looks great, 43% up. But like at 1.15 months, it's still very competitive. And I've still got buyers that are offering above ask. And, you know, there's sub markets inside of markets. I think Sacramento as a whole is relatively affordable compared to stuff around it, you know, like, like San Francisco in the Bay area. And so, um, we're not anywhere near a market where I would say, you know, buyers have any sort of leverage, um, because we still saw median price, average price, April to May go up. Um, we still saw like, let me see if I can see like, yeah, average days on market, you know, it got it really slowed down Went from 12 days to 13. Right. And so yeah. um, uh, it's good to see it's good to see more inventory. And I think that, um, you know, just from my perspective as somebody who's got, you know, 100 plus pre approved buyers and, you know, a few dozen per week submitting offers, um, stuff is getting accepted at a higher rate. No, FHA offers actually have a chance now. And so it's it's a little bit easier, but it's nowhere near, you know, uh, a balanced market or whatnot. You know, sellers still have a little bit of leverage, but with 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 the same breath as I'm saying, you know, it's, um, you know, sellers have a little bit of leverage. Be careful, sellers, because you know this market is changing relatively fast, and you know, um, you know, we didn't discuss it, but Jerome Powell, maybe not today, but in the past, has talked about he understands as you know, he pushes interest rates up, that pulls down demand in the real estate market. And um, this last week where where we saw things edge above 6%, a certain amount of of buyers are gonna, you know, be, be sidelined and not be able to buy because they went from, you know, a $400,000 max pre-approval down to 350 or 360, and they just can't find anything in the neighborhood. They're looking at that price. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, you know, here in my market, you know, I've got several. You know, obviously, Orange County is a little bit different animal just because the prices are so high. I mean, our median home price this year hit a million bucks, right? So, um, you know, but I will say the the lower end price points. Like, I just put in an offer over the weekend for a five hundred and fifty thousand dollar. It was listed at five fifty. We made an offer at five eighty five, and we didn't get an accepted. We didn't get accepted. It was a multiple offer situation, and things are still moving pretty quickly on that um, in that price point. But at the same time, I have listings that are over a million, you know, between a million and a million five and they're sitting. Um, Now, there are properties in that price point uh, in the same communities that have gone into escrow while mine has set. uh, But we were also priced a little bit higher than those properties for some period of time. We finally started adjusting prices, right? We started getting back to more of, you know, where prices were two to three months ago in our market versus say, Hey, listen, the last one sold, you know, in May. Okay. What's mine worth today? Well, it's probably worth, you know, it it hasn't necessarily increased in value, but it hasn't necessarily gone down in value either. And I think that's kind of the mindset that people, the, the shift that needs to happen is that it's, there's a mindset shift at the moment and it's not just, you know, um, there's more uh more property to choose from and less buyer demand. It's a mindset that, hey, listen, things aren't what they were a couple months ago. And you as a seller, as a buyer, you just need to, to know going into it. I mean, in some cases, you might still have to be above the asking price, like the one I mentioned earlier. In other cases, you might be able to come in and actually offer something less than the asking price, but it's going to be a case by case basis. Anybody out there telling you that home prices have dropped 30% across the boards, an idiot. (laughs) Um, I mean, honestly, like I see headlines and it's like, come on people. Like nobody actually believes that, do they? I don't know. I mean, people want to believe it. You know, if you
1: speak, if you speak to what people want to hear um, they might listen to you. And I think that's important too. That's, that's something I'm, I'm trying to really pound in is it's important to have a great real estate agent always in a market like this, that's changing. It is vital. Um, And for the reasons you discussed, if you're a seller um, you know, you can either price correctly and sell or, or you can price incorrectly and then it's just, you know, uh, a compounding effect of now you sat, now you lowered your price. People think something's wrong and, and it becomes stale and all that stuff. And then on the buy side uh, I think it was actually um, an agent or somebody that I spoke to that talked about being a unicorn buyer. If you don't realize that, that we've taken a little bit of a right turn and we've, we're not appreciating 2% every month, your agent might submit an offer for $650 on a house that's listed at $599. When there's no other offers on the table.
0: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) not necessary, not necessary to do it. And that's, you know, I was talking about that to somebody yesterday or the day before. My brain is mush, by the way. So I'm just coming out of COVID. So last week after this show, I stepped outside and literally got chills to the bone to the point where I couldn't like I was shivering to death to the point I couldn't walk. I had to lean against the rail and wait for my like my body to just stop shaking uncontrollably. To get to my car and then went home literally got in bed walked right in house got in bed and was in bed for like four days Ugh. um and so my mind is still mush but uh where i was going with this is that you know a couple times last year i would be in a listing presentation or talking to a seller and the seller would, we'd be talking about price and I would say, hey, well, you know, they'd say, what do you think my house is worth? And I would say, ah, I don't know, maybe 2.3. These are these are real numbers. I'm giving you real numbers that happen. 2.3 million is the one I gave them. Uh, and they said, well, we want to sell it for 2.5. And I said, okay, like it's your house. Like, I don't know what the market's going to do in this. I mean, will you get it? Maybe, but also understand there's a chance that you don't. Well, guess what? We put it on at two five and we got two five like the very first day so i was like wow that's that's pretty crazy you know similar example another one listed at 27 sold for 2.8 literally the next day this is the same seller by the way on both of those going high on the price what i will tell you is today i can confidently tell you that that's not going to happen for them unless you've got some unique You know, unicorn with regards to a property, you've definitely got to be more strategic in how you price properties as an agent and as a buyer. How you approach it, right? I mean, like Matt said a moment ago, if you're the buyer coming in, still thinking that you got to do all of these things, waive contingencies, do all of this, you might be doing things that aren't necessary in this market. Um, Maybe they, you know, they're not going to hurt you, but at the end of the day, maybe they're something that you could keep. You know, like the ace in, in your pocket, if you will, um, and and not necessarily need to do it in this environment. And and it's important just to know the market that we're in. So
1: yeah, I mean, something I want to touch on too that you said, and it, and it's worth uh, repeating that you know, entry level, you know, you might bid thirty five above ask and have it not accepted, while something at a higher price point might sit. Uh, what I'm seeing in my market, and I think it's probably going to be in multiple markets is the entry level stuff. Uh, There's, there's plenty of demand, right? And then the move up stuff, luxury stuff, you know, some people may qualify, but choose not to, you know, because of higher interest rates or or, for whatever reason. And so, you know, what you might even have too, is somebody was at, you know, the 600, 800 price point rates went up, their you know, criteria changed and now they're looking between five and six. So, so there's even more demand at, at those levels. And so, you know, entry-level stuff in most markets generally has the most demand. I think this market is no different where the, the largest amount of people are going to be able to qualify for the stuff. That's the absolute like price. And so um, you, you don't necessarily want to read, you know, national headlines or look at things, you know, from a broad perspective and be like, okay, Things have changed. We're not going up every month. You know, I, I can offer 25,000 below list. If it's an entry-level house in a good neighborhood, well priced, you know, you, you may well be against seven or eight offers. That thing's still gonna go above list. Um, so you know, back to the same thing. Have a quality agent who really understands the market, that neighborhood, that price point, all the other things so they can advise you correctly.
0: Good stuff. So we're going to do this, Matt. We're going to change it up a little bit and start answering uh, some questions out there. So if you guys have questions, uh, put them in the, the, the comments there. Try to lead it with the word question. Just helps us find it when looking through them. Um, unfortunately, Matt doesn't have access to uh, to click on these like uh, Josh normally would, which makes things a lot easier. So if you see something uh, you want to address, Matt and I don't click on it, let me know and I'll I'll hit it. But, okay. um Let's see. So Pedro, we're going to start with Pedro. Pedro saying, will I see a home price drop in San Jose, uh, California, in the next couple of months? So I think the idea of price drops is is not the way to think of it. I think that's a wishful way of thinking. I think you'll see more moderation in prices, more leveling off in prices, maybe a little bit of pullback in prices. It, Regardless, and not just San Jose, just the market in general, but San Jose is a different animal because of – um, you know, being on, you know, outskirts of, of the Bay Area and what have you. And you can probably talk to that a little bit more, Matt, is is what are you seeing up in, in San Jose? Still a lot of money, still a lot of tech money?
1: A lot of money. I mean, we just we just offered and you talked about not waiving all contingencies offer this last weekend. Um, listed at one, two, nine, five, offered one, three, five, no appraisal, no loan no no inspection. I think it was no contingencies, like everything waived. Um, Called the listing agent, had a great conversation with them. Great buyers, well-qualified, great credit. You know, we've done all we need to do on our side. We can close this thing quickly. Um, I think that they ended up countering and countering it more than the the buyers wanted to pay. And so it was, you know, a matter of like this house probably went for one, four plus. Um, And so, um, you know, one, I don't necessarily... Um, San, San Jose or San Francisco or Sacramento, any market you talk about, there's going to be pockets within that market, right? Like the most popular places yep. to live, the, the most popular um, neighborhood schools, all that other stuff that's going to affect demand. But, you know, to your point about price drops too, folks have to remember that a price drop, if priced incorrectly in the first place, doesn't really mean much. Right. Because because something like four houses could sell one two five one two seven five one three one three you can have all those sales if someone prices at one four and then they drop the price to one three what does that really
0: mean if, it means nothing and right that, it, it's it's so like that's it's that's so frustrating I, I mean because like i started asking people sit you see price drops you're seeing the market decline send them to me like i you have my email address. Send me a property that's sold for significantly undervalue. I want to see it. I'm not going to say, I'm going to tell you it's not going to happen, but if I'm wrong, I will gladly admit that I'm wrong and I'll I'll put it out there for the world to see. If you can show me a property that is sold significantly below market value, it, it are they do they happen? Sure, but they most of them are distressed properties. We're not talking distressed properties. We're talking, you know, just traditional sales, somebody put their house on the market and decided just to let it go for nothing because, you know, they were scared about the world ending. Eh, maybe one out of, you know, a hundred, somebody does that, but that's, it's not normal. And it's not, um, it, it's not uh, indicative of, of what the market's actually doing at the moment.
1: Right. Cause that's the thing too. It's like price drop, you know, when, when somebody lowers their price on what they're selling it for, doesn't mean that home prices are going down. Um, it just means that they either, priced incorrectly from the start, or, you know, they're, they're trying to sell it quick, whatever, whatever the case may be. But yeah, that's the, like, people don't understand if I've got an investment property that's worth 600, that should sell at 600, I can get with an agent and we can list it at 750. I can list it at whatever I want.
0: And, yeah, and for sure you can. And,
1: and, and, and when I bring that price down because it's not selling um, it doesn't mean that home prices are going down. It means some dumbo priced his house too high and an agent who, you know, uh, agreed to do that. And so, um, yeah, to your point, like to actually see, you know, 10% home price depreciation, it would mean everything was selling here and now the new home sold here. That's not what's happening. People are still pricing it like we're going like this, not realizing like we took a right turn where things are leveling off. And I think uh, you know, real estate moves slow. So it takes a while for people to even really see it and feel it. Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday about this, um, who's like a data nerd and, um, you know, even in our year over year, home price appreciation numbers, like we're going to continue to see double digit numbers just because we're, we're measuring it versus a year ago in 2021, right. but yeah. we might go from month over month, of one and a half percent, 1.7%, yeah. that number starts decreasing. Yeah. Uh, but real estate's a big ship. It doesn't turn that quick.
0: And, and that and that's important to note. I mean, so when you're out there and you're looking, you know, I mean, earlier you made a comment about, you know, days on the market going from, you know, 12 to 13 or 12 to 15 or whatever the number was. What I will say is that, you know, in an appreciating market where things are moving quickly, you know, the data is, um the lagging data is still a, a good indicator as to the direction of the market because you can kind of okay say you know this home sold in in March probably went into escrow in February 30 days and start doing some backward you know back of the napkin calculations to say okay market's appreciating at about 2% per year or whatever or 2% per month or whatever the number is but when a market starts to slow down it's a little bit tougher to to get a grasp of what's happening and a lot of the data quite frankly is old you know i mean a lot of the data in the real estate market when you're looking at it and and that's unfortunate because you know even when you've got leading indicators like pending home sales well pending home sales are are great but it's still a it's still you know a couple weeks old with regards to the data so it's a little bit harder to get a grasp on what what the market is doing and so you just got to make sure you're paying attention to it paying attention to what your market's doing i mean the thing you need to understand and and still people don't truly get it is that inventory nationwide is still on a is still very very low even with with the increases that we've seen and so in order to get more balance in the market we still need these increases in inventory we still need buyer demand to to kind of slow and 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 do what it's been doing Uh, But even then, there's a really good chance you're not going to see inventory correct itself for another 18 months, two years minimum. I mean, there's people saying, you know, five, six, seven years from now, you'll still have inventory problems. And with with the slowdown in the market like this, potential recessions, home builders start putting the brakes on some of these things. I mean, I was talking to a buddy yesterday and he's in Texas and he's like, every single builder in the world is reaching out to me, offering me incentives to bring, you know, my clients in to, to sell these new construction properties. And he's like, first off, screw you guys. Cause you didn't want to work with us <laughs> for years, you know, for the last two years, like we, you couldn't be bothered working with a real estate agent. But the reality is these guys, these home builders got a lot on the line and they're starting to panic a little bit. And so what they're going to do is when they panic, they put the brakes on and when they put the brakes on, guess what happens? Homes don't get built. Um, and it slows the process. And so this lack of inventory that we have, that's the problem, the big problem, it's going to continue to be a big problem for some period of time. So, um, you know, I, I read a stat some time ago that the city of Dallas built more homes last year than the entire state of California. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, that's at some point, just like the housing market's gone bananas, It's if there's a slowdown that's going to happen and, and it's, you know, we're seeing it, right. This is the beginning of it. Um, And and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I, you know, again, I'll go out there and say, I don't think a crash is coming. I'm not a crasher. Um, I'm bullish on housing. Uh, But I do think a slowdown is, is, is we're in it and it's going to continue to get worse as we, as we move through the summer. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. To your point too, like, you know, from a simple guy's perspective, like me, um, you know, supply versus demand we're already short of supply. We know that in California, we know how hard it is to build and how expensive it is. Um, and, and, and moving forward, even if demand shrinks, if supply is also shrinking too, I had, I, uh, Jason Walter, I was live with him yesterday or the day before, and I was super surprised. He had some stats on permits and starts. And, you know, you talk about leading indicators about yep. what's coming in the future. The, the number you know it was really surprising jeb i don't know if you've seen this number as well but those numbers were both down mm-hmm. um month on month but you know numbers were up humongous was multi-family permits yep. and starts like up like 40 some odd percent and so you know builders are, are starting to say we don't know what's going to happen with demand on the single family side so we might throttle back on how much of this stuff we're building um not knowing what's going to happen demand 12 24 months out or however long it takes them to build um but people always going to have a need for housing. So, so let's, let's build some multifamily stuff. Um, well, a lot
0: of people don't understand with new construction is that, you know, um, you know, th- these properties aren't built, you know, on, on permits being pulled. These are just permits being pulled. They're not houses that are actually completed. They're not even started yet. And so when you see, you know, um, home buyers not wanting to, you know, with uh, n- new purchase applications going down for new construction. Well, think about it. As a home buyer, would you want to buy or go under contract, put your earnest money deposit down on a house that you have no idea when it's going to be built and what the interest rate's going to look like when it is built? No, you wouldn't want to do that in this market, especially with all the volatility. Now, over the last couple of years, people were willing to do that sort of thing because interest rates were kind of in a downward trend for some period of time. And, and you know, housing, there was none, right? So now there's a little bit more inventory and buyers are going, no chance I want to put my money on the line with, with this contract. And, they're you know, supply chain issues, they're telling me it's going to be nine months a year when it's probably going to be, you know, 18 months for that property to be completed. Yeah, that's the reason applications are going down on new construction. Nobody wants to deal with that sort of thing. So, yeah, no, I mean, th- there's a lot that goes into it. And again, I, I'll say it like I do every time. It's the headlines, man. It's I, And and I'm guilty. I'm guilty of using a headline to get people to to click on, on videos, on articles, or whatever. But we try to address it in the video, whereas a lot of this other stuff is just feeding the, the beast with, uh, with doom and gloom. So, yeah, anyway. Um, we got a couple, let's get back here. So we've got, um, we don't really have a lot of questions at the moment, but, um, let's see. So Gerald says as a first time homebuyer trying to use my VA, um, I'm in a really, really bad place to get my first home built waiting for DR Horton to finish so I can do the underwriting ah, kind of goes back to what we just said. Mm-hmm. Um, I need advice. Should I wait? So, this is difficult, Gerald, because as a VA buyer, as a buyer in general, if you're under contract on new construction, you have to, I don't know what your out is, um, you know, on existing construction, buying existing homes. You know, if, as long as you have contingencies in place, you can typically back out of that contract and have no repercussions, especially here in the state of California, whereas. You know, new construction, they use their own contracts. Um, They're typically unilateral contracts, so they benefit the builder um, themselves. And so sometimes when you're backing out of these contracts, the buyer can or the builder can say, we're keeping your deposit. So I don't know if that's the case with with uh, the contract that you're in, but it's something that you should read into your contract and find out what your options are. But other than that, you don't really have any options. You're at the mercy of the builder at this point. I mean, you can try to go to the builder and, and try to get some incentives, try to see if there's anything they'll do to work with you, um, especially if they have more inventory. You know, if they have a lot of available inventory and they're not, it looks like it's not selling, maybe you have a little bit more leverage. But if if you're the only available property in there, they're probably just going to tell you to pound sand. So um, any advice on on that one, Matt? Anything?
1: One one stat I want to throw out because I saw this one recently that that, that I really liked, um, especially if you're a VA buyer, VA or FHA, you know, government type loan, 73% of people who buy new construction actually use an outside lender. And I was surprised at that number because I know how hard they try to keep all that stuff in-house. You yes, know, they push they do. you to their in-house lender and and, you know, the fact that 73% of people use outside lenders, you um, is is a surprise because of how hard they steer but it's proof that people can get a better deal on the outside i've seen some weird weird things with builders i've had them you know charge a borrower for a lock up front and you know to your point where they have non-refundable deposits they're charging you to to, they're they're like making the buyer pay up front to, to lock a rate whereas you can use you know a broker like josh and lock that va rate for 90 days or 120 days and use an outside lender you're going to get a better deal 90 percent of the time anyhow um so yeah i I think i just would would back up what you say where you know i i would look at the contract see what you're what what you may or may not be losing because i think it's fairly common non-refundable deposit on those new builds where you put that initial deposit down it's pretty much gone um but uh best of luck to you um the good news is that that the va loan's a great loan and um, rates are still great on on va loans so you're going to get into some awesome financing whether you buy that new builder or buy a resale home
0: yeah yeah and that's the thing is is you know also i mean if you haven't done so already Talk to, you know, talk to a broker. If you do end up staying in the deal and you're working with the builder's lender, get get another quote from from a Matt, from a Josh, and and just have the numbers run to see, just to make sure you're getting the best decision. You know, because the builder's lender, they're they they make they come off as very aggressive um in, in what they offer and the incentives that they give you and what have you, but understand it's it's a ploy to keep control of the file. They they want control of that. Um, and, and in my experience, they're usually not the most aggressive. So just, you know, do your homework. Uh, but it sounds like you're already in the process. So, uh, let's see here. Um, Rihanna says, is it wrong for me to drink a beer while watching y'all after work, even though I bought a home already? Absolutely not. It's that's the way it should be done. Everybody that buys a home should be drinking beer right now, watching us and (laughs) probably making fun of the fact that we're still here doing this. I mean, cheersing
1: to your to your great interest rate cheersing to the you know you you, yeah. you got
0: in while you did you guys should play like a drinking game where if we say like a certain word you guys take a drink and um you know we could make this really fun guys
1: yeah i mean i, I love it when it when you know I, i've got some buyers that I'm, I'm sure you experience the same thing it's you know leading up to the home purchase every single week asking questions staying in contact and all that you know we miss you when you go away, so stick around. You know they yeah, really they're, they're good, good, good information and and knowing about the real estate market and stuff that never gets old. You don't want to stop doing that just because you've already bought a house because you know you might be buying another one in two to three years. You might be buying investment property, so you know stay in tune. And if and if you can't join every uh, every week because it's uh, not a higher priority once you've already bought, then uh, just commit to tuning in once a month.
0: There you go. I like it. Um, So Renee, Renee says, do you anticipate a bigger pullback decline in the luxury one million plus here in Coachella Valley compared to more affordable homes? So I don't know what you're comparing to more affordable homes, um, I guess, under a million bucks or whatever the lower price point is. You know, the thing about Coachella Valley is that it is turned into a big Airbnb market um, because of. Uh, how much money people will pay to stay out there for all the concerts and everything else that goes on? Um, the desert at the moment uh, is still pretty hot um, and and still moving, and you know the million dollar price point is still a pretty competitive price point out there. Um, depending on what you're looking at, I can I know because I've got some friends looking at property out there um, and looking for stuff in in and around that area. There's just not a lot of it out there, so. Um, I, you know, it's hard to say. I, I think the higher the price point, the more flexibility there will be in the price. Um, typically speaking, but only if the seller has to sell. Um, if, if you got people testing the market and don't need to do anything and that sounds crazy, right? Why, why would somebody put their home on the market? And you know, that doesn't need to sell it. People do it all the time, just trying to test the market and see what it'll bear. Um, but I think, you know, if, if you have to sell in this in Mark, in this environment, the higher price points are probably going to get hit a little bit harder than, than the lower price points just, and, and it's for the, 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 the sheer reason that, there's just less buyers there's less buyers looking in those price points than there are in the the lower price points generally speaking now if it's a unique property it's in a great neighborhood it's you know all of the things that you know we've been talking about for the last couple of years being completely done it's listed it correctly to start probably not going to have those price reductions but it's the ones where the sellers go too high to start with try to shoot for the moon those are the ones that you see the the biggest pullbacks in prices. So can't answer directly because I don't know the Coachella Valley well enough. Uh, but I do know it's still a a there's still demand out there at the moment. So um, just just keep that in mind. But as as you move through summer, as it gets super hot, that's probably the time to buy out there because there's less people looking in that that time of year versus, say, the winter months when you got the snowbirds, you know, the the, the buyers from you know, Canada and, and Seattle and some of these colder areas looking to buy because that, you know, then you got more competition during that time. All right. Somebody's asking where Josh is. So Josh is in Austin, Texas. He's probably eating barbecue right now. He's probably having a beer. You know, jealous. I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> is he is he on
1: vacation or is he out there? No, for...
0: he's out there for something. I don't know what he's doing. I
1: wonder if he's out there meeting with the the home point guys because I he have is. He is. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I have some colleagues that are out there meeting with 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 HomePoint, the yeah, the nation's right. second largest wholesale lender. So you know, me and Josh are both brokers, uh, running the similar circles and and send our loans to great uh, lenders like like HomePoint UWM. So uh, yeah, what's up to Josh out in Austin? Why don't you take me and Jeb? Yeah, really.
0: Well, I had COVID.
1: That's the reason. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he, you. I don't think he wanted me to
0: go. <laughs> um, let's see here. So, Golden Age Niners. My wife and I are both teachers and first-time home buyers. We saw something about CalPath to get lower interest rates. Can you elaborate on it, on it, or what it is? Think so. I'm not familiar with CalPath. Um, is that a program for teachers, uh, Matt?
1: Yeah, and I'll speak directly to this because. Um, when I started in mortgage, I worked for uh direct lender uh Mountain West Financial, and that's their program. Okay. Um it's really quite simple and I'll be straightforward. It's just how I've always operated. It's marketing, which you know, the, the marketing behind CalPath is that discounted rate, discounted fees. Um, truth be told, as a um mortgage broker. I've got more discounted rate and more discounted fees than most any retail lender as it is. Right. Um, And so, you know, my, my best advice to you um, as, as a teacher, as a first time home buyer, there are programs out there, you know, 3% down for first time home buyer, um, depending on uh, your total income, where that lands with the area median income, you know, you might have access to stuff, but um, really, You just want to get into the best loan for your specific scenario based on credit score, down payment, and all that. Talk to a lender you like and trust. You know, a broker like Josh or myself is going to be able to look at dozens of of lenders and say, you know what, based on your guys' scenario, here's the best program for you. Maybe show you a couple different programs side by side. But anybody who's, who's really looking for, you know, some magic program where you can put one percent down and get a three percent interest rate um it it just doesn't really exist to be completely honest um even the stuff that's that's backed by by your state you know cal hfa has some down payment assistance programs um you got to qualify uh there's income restrictions a lot of the stuff has to be paid back there's there's extra charges involved in that stuff so um just just get with a mortgage broker who you trust to guide you and educate you and, and really show you what's the best for you long term. Um, I'm not going to necessarily bash down payment assistance, but um, it comes with a catch, right? There's, there's not really any free lunch. Um, the last yeah. free lunch was um, a couple of administrations ago when there was an $8,000 um, true like grant, true, true giveaway to help us rebound from, from that last crash.
0: No, good stuff. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these first time home buyers, like I don't know, CalPath, is was it like some sort of uh, silent down payment or no?
1: It wasn't really any of that at all. It was okay. just, um, you know, in California, we got 270,000 state workers. Um, and trust me, I, I want to do business with as many of them as I can, straightforward W-2 income, easy to work with, easy to qualify and all that. And so, you know, company wide. That specific lender just said, "Hey, listen. If we give them, you know, twenty-five basis points off of the interest rate, and we lower the the underwriting fee and processing from this number to that number, we'll get more of those loans right. in in the door." Um, okay. That that's really what it was.
0: No, and it's it it sounds it sounds nice. It sounds nice when you say it like that. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So Romeo has a question here. Says, uh, "Since we saw a thirty-five to forty percent increase in the last two years, will we see it drop?" 35 to 40% in the next couple of years and home prices go back to where they were pre-covid. No, no, absolutely not. Um, you know, home price appreciation over the last, I don't know, 50 years, I don't know what the actual stat is, what the number is, but it 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 averages like 4.7 something percent per year. And so that means some years you get no appreciation or very little. In some years you get eight, 9% and and the average ends up being that 4.7. So what you've seen over the last couple of years is you've almost seen some appreciation thrown forward, if you will. Um, so you've got that 35% or so in appreciation. What you're going to have is more you know, regression back to that trend line. And, and does that mean home prices pull back? not necessarily it just means they're not going to grow at the rate that they were growing so instead of seeing you know 4.7% per year maybe you see a couple of years where there's no appreciation right just even appreciation or maybe maybe you do see a you know 5 10% pullback at some point in the future but you're not going to see it happen all at one time it's not going to happen overnight Um, and by the time it happens, um, when it does, if you haven't bought, you're going to miss the opportunity, just like a lot of people have over the last, you know, if you go back from 2012, um, to, to, to now, if you will, I can't tell you how many times during that period of time I had clients either sell their property with the idea that home prices had gone up too much. And that they were going to sit and wait for them to pull back and miss that opportunity and or they sat on the sidelines and didn't buy because home prices were going to pull back. And just, you know, again, home prices continued to, you know, to they're still trying to play catch up with regards to those prices. So um, I I don't think that's the right way to to buy real estate. Um, I think too many people at the moment, Matt, are too focused on what their property is going to be worth tomorrow. Um, I, I, it it drives me nuts. I mean, we're in a, in a, a society now that is too worried about the value of things around them. Um, you know, what, what Bitcoin's worth today and, you know, what's my stock portfolio worth today? What's my 401k today? If you're 80 years old, okay, I get it. Like, right. You got a little bit more riding on it, but if you're, 30, 40 years old, it, like who cares you know, I mean, if you're buying for the right reasons, not stretching yourself. I mean, I'm not a big Dave Ramsey fan at all. Um, I think he's a bit crazy, uh, to, to, to put it lightly, uh, with regards to some of the things he said, but the video that he put out within the last couple of days is probably the best thing I've ever seen him do. Um, and it's, you know, I, I could probably find it and play it here on on the screen, which I may do in a minute, but he basically just uses data to say, Hey, listen, home prices are going to continue to go up. If you are a home buyer sitting on the sidelines, waiting for them to come down, you are going to basically you're going to be upset because it's going to continue to appreciate. So I'll see if I can find that video. I don't even know if I can play it on here, but we'll see if we can.
1: Yeah. If, if, if you try to find that, I'll, I'll speak to this too, because I think this is a really popular thing. And like, you know, to the point we made earlier, where if it's something people want to hear, people are going to say it because they understand people are going to click on it and it's going to drive traffic. Um, I've heard this in many places, we're going to go back to pre pandemic levels. Um, I don't know if you've been in subway recently, um, but there's no more five dollar footlongs. They're freaking 1049, right? And so, like to to say, like, are we gonna go back to pre-pandemic levels where I can get a five dollar foot long and, and a gallon of gas for buck 49? Um, I, I wouldn't hold my breath. Um, you know, real estate should be looked through the lens as a long-term investment. You know, if you're investing in the stock market, you shouldn't watch the stock price every single day. And 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 like you said, Jeb, you know, people have have unfortunately over the last couple of years been getting, you know, my home bought reports, Josh's home bought reports, where they get to see 10, 15, 20000 dollars appreciation every single month. And, yep. and I get how it can be intoxicating, um, but it's not uh, you know the norm. Um, and, and and just because you know, we're on the other side of COVID and 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 the economy's opening back up and whatnot doesn't mean we're going to see this you know huge swing um, and just preset to pre-pandemic levels. That's, that's, that's not how how real estate works to your point um like we've really only seen one housing correction and it was because of wild wild times in regards to mortgage lending, wild wild times in regards to how appraisals were done and all the just madness around mortgage none of that stuff is happening today and so anybody who's you know going to point to anything that happened in 2008 um and and think that you know there's any possibility that happening now is doing it for clicks is doing it for shock value um it's just it's just not even
0: you know in the realm of possibility for anybody who's who's thinking straight there you go um so i just put a link in the in the chat i didn't want to throw it up here because unfortunately Uh, on my, it came from Facebook off of Dave's Facebook page, but, uh, when I click on it and underneath that, if I were to show it on the screen, there's like something that's not appropriate for, uh, for, for, for anything. Uh, (laughs) and I don't want to throw it up here on the screen because otherwise it would show. So I just put the link in there and you guys can watch it when you, uh, when you get a minute. So, um, here's what I'd like to do. 340, One people watching, I would like to ask a favor. And that is if uh, you guys, you know, like Matt being here, you appreciate the content we provide, the questions we answer, hit that thumbs up. Um, Follow us on social media. In fact, Matt's information is in the description of the video below. You can follow him on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, anywhere. Um, Yeah, we appreciate you doing that. Um, You know, we appreciate the support. And uh, if you're in California and, you know, you don't like Josh and you want to call Matt, call Matt. He's, you know, he's, he's here as well. You can uh, get a rate quote from him, too. Um, yeah, some people
1: don't like me and they go to Josh. I'm OK with that, too. I mean, truth be listen. told, both mortgage brokers, both, you know, selling the same dream um, and, and, and both living in abundance mentality. So um, I think both of us would probably just recommend that you talk to a broker um, because, you know, the broker channel. Uh, is better, faster, cheaper than most any other way to get a mortgage. So, um, contact a local mortgage broker. Get yourself set up. You know, I haven't mentioned it yet in this stream, but um, I, I think it, it aligns with our channels where we're trying to educate folks. Um, you can do as much research as you want to do. You can be an uneducated home buyer and go out there and just you know wing it, or you can follow Jeb. You can follow other people that are putting out good information. You can be educated. You could be, you know, empowered through education to go out there and and make good decisions in regards to your 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 home purchase. And so I think anybody listening to this is is ahead of the game, right? Because they're 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 doing the work and they're out here, um, you know, educating themselves so that they're not just winging it. Um, and they're and they're also um, hopefully not listening to some of the absurd fear, uncertainty, and doubt that you kind of alluded to with you know, is the market gonna crash 50% next month? Uh that stuff is just uh if nothing else, I guess entertaining.
0: Yeah, I, I guess. I mean it, it seems like a waste of time. Uh but hey, who what what am I? You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just find, you know, I people don't I'm not really a, a big YouTube watcher. Um I you know and it seems crazy because I'm on YouTube right but I I choose to read um and 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 occasionally I'll watch YouTube videos but like all the craziness that people talk about with regards to you know the doom and gloom and the turmoil and I don't even I don't watch it so it doesn't doesn't affect me whatsoever Um, uh, but I do know there's often people in here commenting saying hey listen you know I didn't buy a house for a year because I was watching this idiot and you know, basically missed out on an opportunity to to get into the market a year and a half ago, or whatever. That, that that frustrates me because it's like, you know, if you know, not using the channel for good and and you know, whatever. Like the the channel here, my channel was created for education. Now it's morphed into a little bit more than that, just because um, you guys have allowed me to do it. But it's it's always been about educating the consumer you know the the buyer the seller the you know and and even sometimes the real estate agent i mean i know a lot of real estate agents watch uh my channel as well um so you know again just trying to provide you with good info um and again this will i don't know if you know this map but every friday we take this uh wednesday night live and actually throw it on the podcast so if you're not familiar with the podcast the educated home buyer you can go find it out there on any platform um and this will be out there it'll be a 2 hour live where you can go listen to it so um you know it's kind of a deep dive into all of this you can again what i tell everybody is you throw it on like two speed and uh be done with this in an hour man it's uh it really easy so i know we're pushing an hour here matt i don't know what your schedule is buddy so if you need to run you uh you tell me i can go all day i'll, I'll probably um the guy says he can go all day. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> your wife is one lucky woman <laughs> uh... she'll,
1: she'll be texting me in 15 minutes get your ass home <laughs> <laughs> uh, too good <clears throat> i still
0: have a cough from yeah this whole thing. i, I uh,
1: know a lot of folks who you know after after co was done i actually had my my uh son's friend in the office day they came they came by after school they can just come hang out here i've got i've got a couch and i got a tv and it's it's cool for teenagers um still still dealing with the cough that that thing might linger but, but
0: it looks like you're 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 90 you're back no i mean I, I feel pretty good i have no taste so i went from everything being super salty which was the craziest thing so i could eat anything and it would be salty as hell like it was just like somebody dumped salt all over it and now i have no no taste at all so now i just i guess i could eat anything or not eat anything and it's like <laughs> so i'm like telling my wife like give me the healthiest thing that we can right? eat. Like, <laughs> yeah yeah it's can't i can't taste, taste it. it yeah just yeah. give me the give me the best cooking uh no um let's talk here so let's go going to go through some Questions. Here's one from YouTube user: If you offer over ask, an appraisal comes back lower. Are sellers more likely to budge? Appraisal contingency not waived. Um, I would say case by case basis. It depends on where the seller is in the process. Um, I I I like I always go back and I haven't. Let me be clear. I haven't had an appraisal come in short in a long time. Uh, but. When I have had one, in fact, I had a couple during COVID, uh, I asked the seller to reduce and they reduced almost every single time. One time we had to agree, uh, you know, it was a compromise if you will, but um, I would say sellers are more likely to adjust price once they're in escrow than, than say, take a, a lower price to start with, um, you know, because they have, they have emotions on the line, right? They've already started packing. They've already started moving mentally. Maybe they've got a house in, under contract or whatever, so you, you've got a little bit more leverage once you're under contract to get that price reduction. So I would say it's definitely not unheard of to get that reduction, even if you've gone over the asking price. Um, and and in, a mar- in a market right now that is slowing, a little bit more competition. I think it's you know it, the ball's in your court, right? I think you've it's more advantageous um, for you at the moment um, to, to ask for it, right? Why? What's the worst they can say? No, uh, but I. I I think that's the right approach. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you're right. It's a different market now where, you know, you get in contract at 580, it appraises at 560. Hey, listen, let's meet in the middle at 570. Let's get this thing closed. You know, you've got your bags packed and you're already on your way to uh, Tennessee. Um, That's much more likely to happen. 2021, you might've seen a seller say, you know what? After we accepted your offer, we got another offer for even higher. So go ahead and back out if you want. We got another offer. And Uh, More often than not, on on most of the contracts that I saw, um, this stuff was negotiated up front, right, where where there was less negotiating going on because you either agreed you're going to waive the appraisal contingency or willing to pay up to 40,000 above appraised value. And so um, agents who were good and active kind of understood in the market we were in. Um, this thing might not appraise, so let's put it in the contract beforehand. You're willing to pay this much above, and what I even saw was, you know, you negotiate. You're going to pay six sixty. You're willing to pay up to forty thousand above the appraised value. It might appraise at six hundred. Well, you just default to the contract. Our new price is six forty because you agreed right. to pay you know forty thousand above, um, and so um, yeah. In, in closing, I think you know emphasize what uh, Jeb said that. You know, we're in a different market and and it's probably going to be a a lot more common to have have the sellers um, negotiate. Just the fact that you um, have your appraisal contingency in place tells you that we're in a different market Uh, because appraisal contingency was like you, you offered with an appraisal contingency in 2021. You think yeah. you got a shot with that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the last offer I put in, I we, we we kept the appraisal in there as well. So yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit of changing market on that side, no question.
1: Yeah, and I think that's probably a, a takeaway and, and something for people who are watching. You know, like you said, you got real estate agents watching, everybody watching, you know, in this changing market, like keep that in mind when you're offering. You might leave your appraisal contingency in place. You, you might, you know, have even seller credits, different loan programs like FHA. I'm excited for FHA to come back, you know, for a lot of buyers, especially first time buyers, FHA is a great program, you know, more flexible debt to income ratio, um, you know, on, on, on how the the rate sheet is structured. You can get some credit so people can bring less um, to the closing table with getting lender cuts and stuff. And so um, a lot of good news for buyers that this market is, is, you know, slowly turning, uh, emphasize again, this is a big ship. The real estate ship does not turn on a dime. You're not going to see, you know, 10% decrease next month, but you might see two offers instead of 20. And you might see that you don't have to pay, you know, $20,000 more than the neighbor. You might be able to pay the same that they paid two months ago.
0: No, agreed. Agreed. Um, let's see here. Uh, we got a couple cool, well, Michael, when, uh, when, uh, Quinn, how can a first-time home buyer do seller financing, or is that for investment properties only? So um seller financing would come from, from the seller um as some form of down payment and or uh financing. So you know it's it's each case is a little bit different, each scenario is set up a little bit different. Um, you've got to find a seller that'd be willing to to work with you. Um, but typically that seller is going to have to, well, they're going to have to own the property free and clear in order to be able to, to provide any assistance on that property, um, with regards to, to seller financing and what have you. But, you know, I would tell you probably going to be tougher than, than, than you think to find somebody that's willing to do seller financing, especially in a market. Like now, if you get into a market where it's more of a buyer's market, things are moving very, very slow homes aren't selling at all that's when you can get people to do seller financing like that in this environment. It's, it's few and far between.
1: Agreed. Yeah. It's, it, it makes for, for great content for selling courses and talking about, you know, creative financing and whatnot. But, um, you know, your average Joe, um, out there looking for, for seller financing, it's going to be hard, you know, cause it takes a special, um, circumstance and, and, a, and a very specific seller who's able to even offer that it happens. It's just not that common, not that easy to find.
0: Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and and a lot of those home flipper courses and like all this crap out there, it's like, you know, buy a house with the seller finance. No, 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 no. Again, no money
1: down. Use other people's money. You do seller financing. I'm giving you credit for 10,000. You get a free boat in the deal. So you're- oh a boat. That sounds (laughs) nice. I don't
0: know. I mean, whatever crazy stuff people are talking about out there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, David says, can you talk about how to balance making sure you're not stretching yourself, but jumping into the market and not being swamped by the insane mortgage prices here in SoCal difficult one, man. Um, you know, it's you, there's no right answer here. Um, you know, cause each person approaches it a little bit differently. Uh, but what I would say is, is start with the budget in mind first, right? I mean, what, what are you, what is your expendable income? Um, what what are you able to spend on a mortgage, you know, monthly, and be comfortable? Um, you know, I th- we're moving into in a recession a recessionary environment, in my opinion. Um, and and with that, you know, at the moment, people feel, you know, pretty pretty good about the cash that they have coming out of COVID, and there was a lot of money gifted, you know. F- free money and and just different things um giving people kind of almost an extra jolt if you will of um you know of 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 income uh and so i think as people wear through some of that extra money that they have because of inflation because of higher gas prices higher food costs and it's going to happen um it might not be immediately but you know a couple months from now i think you you probably You know, you get more of a slowdown out there in the economy. And and I think if you're buying now, you've got to be thinking like that already um, in your budget. You've got to be thinking that things are going to slow down in the future. So whatever your budget is today, maybe it's actually a little bit less than that budget with the idea that things might slow down more. Maybe it doesn't, but it's better to be prepared than not. Um, and then once have, you know, you have the budget, it's a matter of, you know, what can you buy on that budget and can you find something you like and not, you know, I come across buyers often that feel like they just have to buy something. And I, I still believe that's the wrong approach. Even if home prices continue to appreciate, I feel like it's the wrong approach because you're not buying for the right reasons. Um, so you just got to make sure you're buying for the right reasons and be, be within your budget. Um, but I think, again, I think budgets are going to get tighter, Moving through the end of the year, um, so if you are stretching your budget at all, just just be careful.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it earlier. So, so if, you know, David wasn't on earlier. Um, what I stressed was like, it's when you're ready. It's not when the market's ready, when the rates are ready, when any of that stuff's ready. Like you know, when you're in a stable position with your job, with your you know finances, with your credit, with all of that, to where you say, you know what, thirty six hundred dollars a month fixed rate mortgage. I know this is something that i can do um because truth be told like you know the alternative is is you go rent someplace and if and if 35 or 3600 fits in your budget rent might increase over the next five to ten years and so you know there's there's a little bit more stability in 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 a mortgage in that way uh but you know to jeb's point like you want to be non-emotional about it and look at the finances and that's why getting yourself pre-approved um, calling a mortgage broker you like and trust and and really getting that side dialed in first is what I always recommend to folks because then you know, okay, here's the price point. Here's the down payment and total cash to close. This is what I'm comfortable with. And then, you know, like you said, Jeb, you can go out and say, there's something at that price that, that I like and want to buy or there's not. But, you know, where, where people get it wrong is they go out and they see granite countertops and a swimming pool and they get really excited. And it's like, oh, I'll make 1.3 million work not realizing, you know, $7,400 a month might stretch you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it might. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. And that's the thing It's like, you know, it's, I think initially seeing some of these payments, it's like, oh, it's not a big deal, but you make that payment every single month. It, you know, you gotta be comfortable with it. Otherwise it's going to drive you absolutely crazy. Um, let's see. Me, I listed two rental homes last week in Northport, Florida, that have tenants with ten months, re- excuse me, remaining on the leases. It's been nine days with only one showing. How hard do you think it will be to sell? Well, the first problem I see is trying to sell a property with tenants already in them. Um, I've I've had very little success of doing that in my career. Uh, most buyers, when they buy property, don't want to buy um, a, a property that already has a tenant in it, unless, again, they are going into it as an investor, uh, you know, to start with. And, and, and even in those cases, you know, you want to pick your own tenants um, in many cases, or maybe you want a different, you know, to raise the rents or do something differently than what the previous owner has done. So those properties are a, a little bit more difficult to sell. Now, what you may do is go to the tenant and say, Hey, listen, you know, the homes are for sale. I realize you have a, you know, 10 months remaining on the lease. Hey, how about if we get an offer, I'm willing to give you $5,000 to move or whatever that number is, something that you're comfortable with, something that the, the tenant is comfortable with to get them out of there. And that might get you an opportunity to be able to, to sell that property without a tenant in it. Um, and everybody wins. Now, I get it. You don't want to pay the tenant. That's understood. But it might be the difference in that tenant staying in there and you not selling that property versus you actu- you actually being able to sell it. So
1: right yeah and 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 to your point it's funny that you mentioned you know basically cash for keys cuz I was thinking that in my head before you even said it Yeah. Uh, and and you might give them $5,000 and you might end up getting $10,000 more for the property because you know as an investor I can tell you with absolute certainty I don't want to inherit tenants if you've got great tenants paying market rent um and 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 they're really great tenants you're, you're probably not motivated to sell right? Um, yeah, so, exactly. so inherited Before. tenants aren't, aren't generally um, great. You know, you've got no idea as an investor, you haven't personally vetted them. You don't have a property management company that says, you know, here's what they make per month and and here's their, their rental history of of how great they've been. And so, yeah, it's going to, it's going to hamper how fast you can sell it and how much you can sell it for. So you, so you might have to look at some of those options. And, and I think that, you know, even before it's, hey, if we get an offer, I'll give you this much to be out within 30 days, I would probably try to get those units vacant, um, you know, clean them up a little bit and then sell it that way. Um, you might be better off um, and get more action on it.
0: No, agreed. Agreed 100%. So let's see what we've got here. Um Uh, Max has a question also about appraisal says, are the appraisals based on the comps? We are bidding on a condo in Ontario and they are asking the same price for a more updated property that was sold a couple of months ago. Are the appraisals based on comps? We are bidding on a condo in Ontario. Yeah. So yeah, well, appraisals are based on comps. Yes. Um, but the, 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 the listing that you're bidding on the property that you're bidding on is not necessarily based on. You know they can price it at whatever price they want to whether the property that sold a couple months ago was nicer or not nicer they can price it at that price higher what have you uh, but what i will typically say on an appraisal appraisers usually are looking and again you know buddy ryan would would know and, and be able to answer this in in more detail but i will say upgrades matter but that is not the focus for the appraiser. The appraiser is there to look at the size, the bedroom, the bathroom count, the location, that sort of thing. the The condition of the property matters, but if one has granite countertops and one has tile countertops, it's gonna it, the value is gonna be the same um, on paper with regards to the appraisal. There's very little uh, value given to something like that. Now, if one property is completely been done opened up you know uh all the bathrooms kitchen completely remodeled all of that you might get a little bit more value but again it's not going to be a huge difference especially when it comes to condos agreed all right let's see so do you um i got a lot of same questions here It's uh, it's a lot easier when you can click on the things too. Uh, do you think housing in top public school areas is also slowing down? Do you think it's more resilient to the market trend compared to non-school areas? So non-school areas. So I, I would say that top. I mean, listen, it, when the market slows down, it's gonna. It it doesn't. Um, it's not biased. Um, well, that's not true. It, it's it's going to slow down everywhere. Some markets are going to slow down more than others. Um, but you know, top rated school districts are, are always going to be more desirable than those districts that aren't, um, you know, uh, but that that doesn't mean that they're not, you know, uh, price proof, if you will, or, or whatever you want to look at it there, they're going to, to slow down as well. Um, uh, but probably less than, than some markets, but it all comes down to who wants to be there. Right. I mean, what I would say is that, you know, when you, a better school district, you know, if you had a, if you had a hundred buyers that were looking at, at a, at a property, you're going to have more people. If they have kids more interested in, in the district that has good schools than the one that doesn't. Uh, but you could take aside and say, uh, you know, you don't have any kids at all. If you took a hundred groups of people and none of them had kids, they probably don't care about the school district. I mean, I, I, something I, I, I point out to clients all the time is, you know, in having conversations is, Hey, listen, you're, this is a really good school district, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they, some might say, well, we're not having kids. We don't really care. And I'm like, well, you might not care, but when you go to sell the property at some point in the future, if you sell it, that matters. Um, and they might still say, okay, that's good to know, or eh, still don't care, you know? So, to each is on with this sort of thing. Um, but I would say that, you know, top rated school districts are always going to fare a little bit better in the, in the big picture. Uh, but doesn't mean they're not going to slow down as well.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that there are some neighborhoods that come to mind where, where, uh, you know, that, that resale value matters, um, to folks and should matter where, you know in in the highest demand of markets like we saw the last couple of years you know people are are really willing to to stretch to be in the best neighborhoods with the best schools and all that stuff but um, you know it's 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 going to be not the whole picture it's not not like you know stuff in in school districts is going to you know appreciate 20% and other stuff's going to depreciate 15% not going to be like that but maybe you know if just fair a little bit better
0: No, good stuff. I wish I had the stat for this one right here. I don't have it. Um, I know Josh does, but uh, investors sitting on lots of vacant homes, manipulating markets. How long can they hold on as interest rates climb? Low inventory narrative is not as real as you think. Well, it actually is as real as I think. Uh, (laughs) Inventory is a problem. Um, And there was a stat that came out recently. It basically said like, I think it's like less than 1%. It's it's even lower. I think Um, it was 0.8. I think I
1: remember the vacancy rate. You know, it was like 0.8%. Yeah, I think
0: it, so. It, this whole narrative that, you know, it's it's investors buying property and just sitting on them. Nobody's living in them. It's garbage. Like any neighborhood you go to, there's not a bunch of vacant homes. This isn't China. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, come on, people! It's, makes it makes for a good video, Jeb. Makes for it, some great headlines. I just like, dry, like, I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna create a new YouTube channel where I just like go nuts, like on here. Like, I just you could, find you a- could
1: be, you could be
0: debunking,
1: right? You could just go around and like debunk some of these videos, right? No, I just
0: want to go off the tan, like I just want to go off the deep end, <laughs> like just start yelling at the camera and stuff, like like have a drink and just go bananas, like watch a video and just like just go absolutely out of control
1: i'll i'll tune
0: in i'll tune i do not know i think i think there could be a market for it i, I, I just... mean
1: you know what you should do is like one day a week it could be like jeb's rants you know Ooh. and then people just know like jeb's sunday videos are his rant. <laughs> and like you just sit out in the california sun just drink all day and then after like when you're really just
0: peeking then you just press press (laughs) play record (laughs) record and and youtube shortly after (laughs) bans my channel so yeah jeb's
1: jeb's sunday rants you're gonna get a lot of comments and be like hey that idea you talked about with uh matt about
0: jeb's rants like
1: we want to see that
0: i like it i think it's good i think it (laughs) i think it has it there's an opportunity there. It's got
1: potential. It's
0: like, uh, Andy Rooney on 60 minutes, like back in the day, most of these people have no idea who that is, but, (laughs) um, I could grow my eyebrows out like that. We could just make it like a, it'd be awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I don't have COVID brain then. All right. Let's see here. Um, so Gilly, Gilly, is it still a good time to sell? Still debating whether or not to sell my previous home and hold the cash or keep house for my kids later. So, you know, the question I ask anybody that's thinking about selling a property is sell and do what? Like what are you going to do with the money? Um if your plan is to keep it and, you know, keep the cash and give it to your kids, whatever, eh, sure, why not? But you know, I think the kids would be much happier with a piece of real estate long term. Um, you know, personally speaking. But yeah, I mean, is there an opportunity to still take advantage of the market? Absolutely. Have we reached the absolute peak in prices? For most markets, probably. Um, I don't know that you're going to see many new highs set um, across the board. Now, that doesn't mean there can't be some in some markets. Yeah, there still will be some. But I think the consensus is more sideways movement than anything else um, with regards to the housing market. But I think there's still an opportunity to take advantage. But I would still ask you the same question. What are you going to do with the money? Um, if you're planning on investing in other real estate or doing something else, well, that that might be tougher than you think. Um, but what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like I'm obviously bullish on real estate, love real estate. And, and you know, somebody who owns multiple pieces of of real estate, you know, the thought of selling something that's going to appreciate over time. Like you said, like whether it goes up 10 percent next year or 4 percent or zero, like over a long time horizon, there's an average of a four and a half percent or whatever that number is that it's going to appreciate. So, you know, if, if 20 years from now, you can, you know, give your kids the the house that's worth a million today, it's going to be worth, you know, 1.6, 20 years from now is, is that a better option than, you know, splitting that, uh, and in half today paying capital gains, and then they each get 300 in cash, which they go out and, you know, buy boats and other depreciating assets and then it's gone. Right? right. Like um, I, I'm I'm for never selling real estate uh, personally. And I think that, you know, the stuff that I currently own, you know, is going to pass to my kids once I'm left this great uh, ride we're on right now. Um, and, and so, um, you know, I, I I might be the, the wrong person to ask um, because I'm going to say always keep it. But there's there's scenarios. Right. To, to your point, like, there might be, you know, something else where that money gets invested. But I think what we've learned over the last couple of years with all this inflation is like, you definitely don't want to pull it out and just sit on cash or let that cash dwindle, right? Like put it to work somewhere. Um, if you've got a mortgage where where this thing is leveraged, even more of a reason to hold on to it, like as the debt's being paid down, and it's appreciating, you know, you're getting that, you're getting tax benefits and all the other, um, all the other reasons why like every single millionaire owns real estate, right? It's not by chance, you know? It, it's it's one of those things too, where it's like, anybody who's got any net worth holds real estate. I wonder why, like, what, what, why is it such a-, a They got wrong... lucky,
0: Matt. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man.
1: Well, well and it's like, do, 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 do they, like, are they all wrong? Are, every are one off? of them, they're all <laughs> wrong.
0: <laughs> you have not heard my Sunday rant where I address this. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see um let's see let's see so we got a lot like this is this is a decent question here ali if home sales are slowing down but the prices are staying high will that change anything in regards to me getting a heloc want to use money to do a home addition with lumber prices down um so are you seeing anything change or you probably don't do a lot of home equity lines to begin with, right? Probably you refer them out to banks. Or are you doing?
1: Yeah. But I'll tell you something um, that, that is interesting is over the last six to 12 months, um, anybody who's giving good and mortgage advice, somebody comes to me, I owe 300. Uh, my interest rate is 2.75. I want to pull out 50,000 cause I'm going to um, put on a new roof and build a deck and, and pay off some credit card debt. I'm not going to tell you to refinance cash out and, and go to a 6% rate. It doesn't make sense. Right. Um, I've referred a hundred plus people, local banks and credit unions usually have um, great terms with when it comes to home equity lines of credit. I was talking with the biggest players in, in the mortgage game on the wholesale side, where all of us brokers set up deals. This stuff is in the works, Jeb and home equity lines of credit, and closed end seconds are going to be something in the third quarter that Josh is going to have access to, that I'm going to have access to, because it's what makes sense to the consumer. Right. Um, and, you know, so to answer your question, Allie, um, you, you never really know what's going to happen with, uh, you know, kind of like, credit risk analysis from a bank you know if, if you know banks might get more strict and say hey we're going to cap it at 70 percent combined loan to value versus 80 percent or you know reduce that credit line um most people the 11 trillion in untapped equity that's out there in the us right now with homeowners um you know you're going to have access to it um, whether you have access to up to 80 percent combined loan to value or 90 percent, i can't tell you for certain but more and more products are coming out because more people, especially if they're listening to people who are given a good advice, like me and Josh are leaving that first mortgage alone, two and a half percent, 2.75%. You know, if you got 500,000 locked up at two and a half percent, I'm going to tell you like avoid touching that at all costs. If you can slap a closed end second for a hundred thousand or a home equity line of a hundred thousand to do whatever, investing projects, debt pay down, all that stuff, Keep that separate. Keep your two and a half percent first. More of these products are going to come available. So you're going to have probably more options than ever this latter half of 2022. And um, I talked specifically with, uh, you know, executives from uh, one of the biggest wholesale lenders in the country, and it will be a loss leader. I I will make next to nothing on home equity lines credit. The wholesale lenders won't make much either. But we want to serve home buyers at scale. And you know, when Ali comes to me, rather than refer it to a bank and then have you in the bank's ecosystem, I'd rather do that for you, knowing that like when it comes time to buy your next house, when it comes time to refer your aunt, you're gonna refer that deal to me. Um, and, and I'll do that home equity line of credit for for nothing. Just just to be able to, to serve clients and and keep you in the mortgage broker ecosystem.
0: Got it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, let's see here. Let's do, let's do one more question. Then I am going to run. No, Uh, fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. Uh, So question, can you give tips for home buying townhome versus condo concern of increasing HOAs assessments? So here's what I'm going to do in order to save time for Matt. Just recorded episode this past week on the educated home buyer. If you go to the educated home buyer, uh, podcast, look at Tuesday's episode from this past week. We break down single family homes versus condos, go through this whole thing to tell you exactly what you need to consider townhome condo in there as well. So that'll help you answer the question. And um, and that way we don't drag Matt out uh, too much here, buddy.
1: I'm interested in your 30 second
0: version. What your thought is on that, though now that now that we're here, um, you know, I th- I think there's a right time for both, uh, depending on where you are in your life. Um, I, I I don't have a problem with condos or townhomes, uh, but they serve a different purpose for a lot of people, um, and you got to be okay being in an HOA. HOAs are not for everyone, uh, and and I think there's there's pros and cons of HOAs and understanding HOAs that make them suitable for some people where they're, they're not for others, but you're going to get more people considering townhomes and condos right now, because they're, they're more affordable, right? I mean, when, when the market was taken off a couple of years ago, people were still trying, I mean, the single family homes were, were the bread and butter. Now the bread and butter is, is the townhomes and condos just because they're at a lower price point. So, um, yeah, that's a good point. You you just, you just need to know what you're getting into that that's, I mean, that's really it. And, and it, it really comes down to, to to the hoa and and what's covered and what's not covered and all of that when you're starting to consider condos yeah
1: that's a good point and, and i guess you know my parting piece of advice um, being on here as a mortgage guy because i'm seeing that too jeb right where somebody starts out and they're okay like, hey, i'm looking at the 500 550 price range they realize like i can buy a nice nicer condo than i can single family in this neighborhood i want to live in make sure that when you're pre-approved for five hundred fifty thousand that you go back to the mortgage broker that pre-approved you and say, Hey, listen, I'm looking at condos. Is this pre-approval valid for condos at this price point? Because pre-approvals are based on debt to income ratio. When you throw in a $360 HOA, it's going to throw that off. We're going to be able to tell you, okay, $350 HOA, you're probably going to be approved to up to about 510. $250,000 $250,000 or $250 a month HOA, maybe it's 530 and be able to give you those numbers because uh, the mistake I don't want folks to make is you're approved for 550 on a single family house with no HOA. You go out and offer 550 on a condo um, that's got a $400 HOA. And then you get the bad news. Hey, you don't qualify for that because there's extra cost and that jacked your DTI up. Um, yeah,
0: no. And and in that podcast, I talk about looking at the minutes on, on you know, in in the HOA documents to, to look for, you know, potential increases in HOA. Like there's a lot that you need to do when you're considering condos. Um, And and so it's just good to know what you're getting into. So I feel like I could go over here, but it's just better just to to listen to the podcast. for sure get it straight from the horse's mouth. If you want, I'm
1: going to check out the educated home buyer podcast for sure. My man, I appreciate you you having me on. no
0: Absolutely. Dude. I appreciate you being here. I'm going to stick around for a little bit longer guys and answer some more questions. And um, you know, until then, Matt, Uh, appreciate you, buddy. Matt, the mortgage guy on YouTube, go like, comment, subscribe, do all those things, folks. There you go. It's good for you. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you, brother. All right, brother. (laughs) All right, man. All right. right, So we'll get Matt out of here. We'll kick him out. All right, guys. So let's see. We'll try to answer some questions now that there's not a lot of talking back and forth. Um, So... I'm sorry, guys. I'm just looking for some good questions here. Uh, Michelle says, we listed our home in the Inland Empire. Do you think this area has significantly cooled down in comparison to LA area? It seems there's much more inventory here and less buyers. So uh, we've talked about it before on here. You know, areas that are, you know, like the Inland Empire, if you will, areas that are further from the coast are going to be the first. They're going to be the last um, areas to heat up and the first markets to cool down. Um, and and I'm not gonna say they're less desirable, but if people have the option of living near the beach or living in the inland empire, they're probably gonna choose near the beach first. So yeah, the the inland empire is probably slowing a little bit. Um, you know, affordability is is taking hold. It's I mean, we're seeing the slowdown here in in Orange County and LA County. Uh, and so as the slowdown continues here, it's going to move outward um into areas like the inland empire. So Yeah, less buyers out there uh, being able to qualify for those prices, um, which means definitely, definitely slowing down. So you're probably seeing it in in showings and what have you. But you know, there's still activity. There's still people buying it. It really comes down to pricing it right from the start, um, and just make sure you're doing all the the things that you should, you know that that you had to do before the pandemic. All of those things are are back in play again. All right. Tiffany says, can you combine two mortgages? Can you combine mortgages and have one mortgage for two houses? No, Um, not typically speaking, not with traditional financing. No, Um, you're going to have two houses, two mortgages. They're each um, associated with a property. All right. Uh, sha as sha says what are my thoughts on buying a first home right now in san diego so uh it would be no different i mean it doesn't matter san diego or or anywhere else for that matter i think it, again it, it comes down to right time in your life is it the right time for you for whatever reason um maybe you're just getting married maybe you're uh having kids whatever maybe you're moving out from family just graduated and just looking for a place of your own Again, it comes down to can you afford it comfortably um, you know, in this environment? And we talked about a potential recession coming. Can you inf- can you afford it in a recessionary environment? What does the future look like with regards to your finances? If you feel like they're stable, you're going to be in that area for, you know, five, seven, 10 years going forward. I think it's, it's a, it's still a great time to buy. I mean, real estate prices long-term are going to continue to go up. I've said it, I'm bullish on, on housing, but even with that said, I think there's some, some slowdown, some continued slowdown happening in housing, less, less transactions are going to happen. There's going to be less, uh, sales happening across the board, less appreciation. This is all normal stuff. We're getting back to a more normal market. Uh, but if you're going in with the idea that you're going to buy it, sell it in a couple of years, or, you know, build a equity. And then you're going to sell that property and buy something else. I don't know if this is in the, I don't know if this is the environment for that. Um, while there's companies out there saying that, you know, you're still going to see five, 6% appreciation over the next year or two years. I, I think you see more sideways movement with regards to housing, which means that you see some houses sell, um, you know, a little bit higher somehow to sell a little bit lower where the average on hand is, is just kind of moving sideways. So just make sure you're making the right decisions for you. Don't get caught up in what everybody else is doing. It's like eerily silent in here with no one talking. I'm going back to try to find some questions from earlier. Um, the mortgage chick says, uh, talk about how to back out a pre-construction contract without forfeiting the deposit. Client can't afford anymore with the rate hikes. Can builder can builder reduce the price closing 2024 spring? I don't, you know, as we mentioned earlier, you know, contracts for new construction are typically unilateral. They benefit the seller, in this case, the new construction company, more so than the buyer buying that property. And therefore, it's difficult to get out of those contracts, especially get your deposit back. So I don't have any great advice for you um, on that. Um, they just need to know the contract, understand the contract, and and you know if again I mentioned it when I spoke about this earlier is if you have a builder that's got a lot of surplus, a lot of properties out there that aren't selling, you probably got more leverage in getting them to work with you. But if if it's a market where things are still moving fairly you know quickly or the new construction properties are going to escrow quickly it's going to be difficult to get that that builder to work with you um in this environment just because you know they they've kind of have you um you know per the contract so there's very little that can be done in that case all right people while covid may be gone i'm still over here sweating um might be the sweatshirt that i'm wearing, but maybe maybe not i don't know guys um i'm just looking for some questions looking for some questions please bear with me here guys oh my god there's Um, let's see. I honestly, I'm COVID brain. I'm like staring at questions and I can't read them. Uh, Ariel says, do you both have second jobs or did you position yourself good financially and make Passive income. So, I don't know if that's for me and Matt or what. Um, no, never had a second job as a real estate agent, been full time since, you know, I don't know if you guys know my background. So, I started as a mortgage uh, broker, owned a mortgage company for over 10 years, simultaneously uh, doing real estate uh, at the same time, and then transitioned 100% into real estate. So, I was either in the mortgage business full time or in real estate full time. Uh, but I feel like in, in this business, in order to be successful, you got to you got to put in the time. Um, it's how you learn the business. So uh, there's a lot of agents out there that that moonlight um, as agents and have other jobs. I'm not one of them. Uh, my second job at the moment is YouTube. And I didn't realize this was actually a job. I just started doing it for fun. And then it's become a job. Um, and hence the reason that I'm here for nearly two hours every Wednesday, just to provide some education because I, you know, that's, that's been the goal for me. Um, it was the, the goal was to educate the consumer, um, you know, guide them through the process, make good financial decisions. And that's how this whole thing came about. So that's why I continue to be here people, but here's what we're going to do. Uh, been an hour and 41 tonight. I'm going to wrap this up early. Um, COVID brain and everything going on along with it tonight. I don't have it in me. Um, I'm not here mentally. Uh, but I want to say thank you guys for the support. Thank you guys for being here. Um, if you haven't done so already hit the thumbs up, feel free to, to, you know, share it with somebody that that's looking to buy a house, um, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, but we'll be back next Wednesday for two hours again. Um, check out the podcast if you haven't done so already, The Educated Home Buyer. But for now, guys, I'm out. I appreciate you being here. Appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Educated Home Buyer. Want to connect with us or to a local expert in your area? Please reach out at theeducatedhomebuyer.com slash expert. If you found any value today, please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. In addition, we ask that you share it with your friends and subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening.